Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment presents The Process. Welcome back to your home for football and fantasy football where we learn, scout, win, and repeat. Time to continue the process. What's up, y'all? It's your host, Ralph Lark, coming at you for another episode of The Process. We're talking about Week 10 of NFL football That's all we're talking about. No deviations this week because we are on the road to victory. I hope everybody had a fantastic week nine. uh, Watching football, playing fantasy football, winning fantasy football because that's what the process is all about. So welcome back. Glad we broke the huddle, had some success, and came on back. Uh, If you're a repeat offender, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you are a first-time offender... We do like those, too. So welcome, everybody. If you're new to this, the process is all about staying the course. We don't overreact. We don't underreact. We appropriately react to every situation in fantasy football. The process is about what do I do every single week from in the summer when we start the draft all the way through to you win the championship. What do I have to do? To make sure that I take down my league with all my homies or with everybody at work or with my family. Listen, you don't want your auntie having bragging rights around the holidays. You got to step up. That's what the process is for. You've got a life. You've got kids. You've got a girlfriend and her wife or husband, whatever. Some people can't actually spend the appropriate amount of time to accurately guess what's going to happen or approximate what's going to happen that's what the process is about i'm putting in the work so you don't have to that's what we're doing here this is a trusted process this is the best free information that you're going to find for fantasy football for seasonal purposes for daily fantasy football purposes i am not hiding any of the tricks up my sleeve all available to you guys. The daily fantasy football is a real deal. If you're not doing it, I'm going to keep preaching it. Because we're living in a time right now where it's too expensive to do everything. You got a family. You got kids. You're not just going out to some movie. Especially if you're in L.A. here where I am. It's a $75 buck experience just to, you know, just to the theater. What if you're Uber there? Right? You got kids, you're not doing that. Fantasy football on the daily aspect is about get me giving you guys the best thing I can, which is an exciting full day of fantasy football on Sunday. You got your seasonal stuff going on, but the daily stuff you can have going on too. The minimum entry on DraftKings is $5. So for $5, I'm going to give you an exciting however many long hour, how many hours it takes for, to do the whole morning and afternoon slate. You're not getting a better bang for your buck for $5 anywhere because my information is free. You're not paying for this. I tell you how to play. In the past podcast, we talked about specifically how to play, what tournaments to play, how to do it, right? So that's what we're talking about here at The Process. And I'm amped up because it's week 10. We're 10 weeks into this already. So it's been a winning thing. Seasonal, how did we do last week? You know, I want to know if you guys have been 
steadily winning or are you middling or are you you know trying to go on a win streak we got to talk about the seasonal aspect because that's the best part about the process is it can carry you throughout every aspect of your season so when we think about week 10 and what we need to accomplish this week because if you guys notice we've had a theme for every week right week 10 you'll get no sympathy from me if we're in a bind at this point you've been listening to this podcast you know what to do you're not in a bind, great. You are in a bind, you know where you need to be. So you get no sympathy from me as a Tiger Bomber. That's my that's my name for you guys. As a Tiger Bomber because we already know how to handle these scenarios. We should be in a place, if you've been listening to the pod from beginning to end, where we've got a grasp on the season. If you haven't, that's not your fault. You didn't know. Somebody just told you today, you just found it. No big deal. But we're going to get you ready from now on. You're on the process. That's what we do. Now, we don't cry around here. However it happened, you got six losses, or you got five losses, or you got four losses. You're in the basement. We're not going to cry. We're not going to cry. It's next man up. This is what week 10 is all about. We preached the depth chart, and so we know what that is now. Last week, we talked about making the proper adjustments. This is why you're getting no sympathy from me this week, because you guys know what to do. Make the adjusted plays. Time to step up. Remember from week eight, we've been on the ascension, right? We've been on the ascension. We're still climbing up. We're still climbing up. Week 10 is the Monday of fantasy football. You guys know what I mean by that? Here's another one. Week 10 is the overcast gray day of fantasy football. You know, you, here's what I mean by that, guys. On those days, guess what? If you're an adult, you still got to do it anyway. Still got to go to work. Still got to feed the kids. Still got to do whatever. That's week 10. We still got to do whatever. You still got to go do it anyway. It's like it's been wearing on us. It's 10 weeks. If we've, if, if we've been losing a bit, we're tired of that. If we're winning... We might actually let something slip right beneath, right between our eyes or under our nose because we're not paying attention because we have forgotten that things change quickly in fantasy football. But that's why the process is here to remind you that you got to do it anyway. That's what Week 10 is about. You get no sympathy from me. Next man up because you got to do it anyway. Now that we've got the tone properly set for week 10 here's some things you might think about to help yourself get ahead this week i've been thinking about this all week look at the bye weeks in the draft that's one of the because there's a few keys to winning uh, fantasy football look at the bye weeks went way back when when we do our drafts in august this is how we separate, how we make some plays when you're like this guy or that guy, right? Hopefully, you're not one of those people right now sitting with five players on a bye week. This is not to toot my own horn because it's too easy to do. I'm not going to say this next thing so you guys be like, oh, look, at it's not that, right? I'm just saying on, on most of my teams, the buys are evenly spread out. And so what I have seen this season for me, the key to winning seasonal fantasy football has been, A, a healthy team, 
right? No severe injuries to round one or round two players, so we still got our hosses out there, right? So a healthy team plus spread out bye weeks. That's really helped me. Running up against, with a healthy team, an opponent who is not 100%. So when you think about it from that perspective, I actually had somebody in one of my leagues look at my team and go, how in the hell is this dude 6-2? and two? Is what I was at the week when he said it. Because the bias spread out and because I've been enjoying relative health, which actually leads to the third thing you need to win fantasy football, luck. Can't control the luck, but can't control the health, but can control the buys. So when you're in the draft and now it's up for you the next round again, I'm sorry, guys, but you've got to be you've got to have some sort of format which allows you to see when the bye weeks are as you make the selection. So, aha, uh-huh, brain light, I'm going to tell you, you can't be using, you know, ESPN or the Talking Bobbleheads or whatever website because they don't have that. You've got to have some custom information there. The bye weeks. I don't want a team with five dudes on the same bye week. And so I'm just mentioning that because it's really truly been a key to victory for me. And so then trade for players. That's the next thing I want to mention. Trade for players that are uh, already, you know, done with their buy or you trade for, you know, guys, you trade away guys that haven't had their buy yet. Right. That's how we also continue to win trades in the seasonal aspect. Using up a good player, checking on his outlook, deciding the part ways with him, but doing it before the bye week or picking up somebody who's already had a bye. So you have them the rest of the way. These are the little tiny things that we stack up to 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 make that molehill mountain. This is how you win fantasy football. You gotta make them molehill mountain. You also need to do a couple of other things. Number one, trade for play. I'm sorry, number one. It's like the third thing already. I, I don't know. I don't know, guys. It's been a long week. Trade for anyways, trade for players that are on teams playing for something. So now we're really narrowing it down. I'm, I'm looking for guys in terms of seasonal trades that have already had their buy and are on teams that are playing for something in real life down the stretch. Those teams have something. They're going to put it on the line. They can't afford to mail it in or put in the backups or not have the gas on the pedal. So we obviously don't know at the beginning of the year who these teams maybe we can suspect and maybe do some things based off those suspicions. But we know now. So if you've been trading or picking up guys up the way, whatever, you've got to be keeping that in mind now. There's not much virtue to having players that are in a situation as the season gets older or longer or towards the end where their team's not playing for anything. So you got to remember the NFL, they want to, in those scenarios, they want to see what the young guys have. They're not going to play your guy just because your fantasy team needs him. They need to see what the dude they drafted in the sixth round last year has. And so if we, you know, situate ourselves around guys that have something to play for, much more opportunity for them to always be in there making a difference for us, okay? DFS last week, you know, we got to touch on that because we're firing on all cylinders right now. Firing on all cylinders. Thank you, Keenan Allen, last week, helping my cash game lineup. Have not cracked the tournament yet. Keep moving closer, but the cash games are hitting. I spoke to somebody about this last week. Oh, you didn't win the tournament yet? Yeah, but I'm doubling my money every week. 
We're doubling our money every week. Who doesn't want to double? Who among you wants to play DraftKings and doesn't want the expectation that you double your money with free information? I can't get it more simpler than what we're talking about right here. So, picks been more fire. But, one thing I want you guys to remember for DFS, just so you understand and have context. I'm suggesting plays that make sense for the price, the environment, etc. These aren't absolute plays. Just because I don't say play this dude doesn't mean he's not going to have a good game. It just means maybe he's too expensive. Maybe there's a better play. DFS is about playing our opponents as much as it is about getting the right picks. We need to get the right picks. We need to get the most points. But we also need to be different too. That's something to consider because there's too much, there's too many people playing. You have to be different. You have to separate yourself, especially if you want to win a tournament. But these are the concepts that have been allowing me to continue the process the way I spelled it out to you guys, which is even if you lose tournaments, you double up your money next week, thereby adding to your pot, thereby, you know, literally still playing tournaments, still playing double ups. Haven't increased the amount that I'm playing. I still have the chance to win the same amount. The only thing that's changed is the amount of money left over every week after I put in all of my bets now or all of my lineups or whatever. So that's what we're talking about for you. This is the way you make football pay for itself. Winning seasonal leagues where you guys bet money with your friend. That's how you make football pay for itself. The goal of a good DFS player. Goal of a good fantasy football player, fantasy baseball player, DFS baseball player, DFS football player. Have this stuff pay for itself. Going to go a long way with the wife. I'm just saying. Guys, that's the most in-depth intro I can give you guys into week 10. I'm excited to actually get into our usual segments and get you the info. So let's do that. But before we get out of here and get to that, we got to let the noobs know where to find us. www.tigerbombsae.com. That is our website. You can listen. You can hit the process page. Like, you know, literally hit the process. It'll go to our page. You can listen to this podcast there. Maybe you are. Hooray. Hurrah. Shishmumba. Uh, but if you want to listen in other ways, you can. So you have that way. www.tigerbombsae.com. Catch the other podcast too that Tiger Bomb has. If, you're, if you want to listen through your apps, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, on the go like that got you covered search for tiger bomb sports audio entertainment tiger bomb sports audio entertainment this podcast will pop up like and subscribe that way you can keep up because all of the episodes are there when i reference back stuff it's in there and then all the other podcasts are there too so if you like true crime etc a little something for everybody maybe right if you're a social media person we can keep up there too twitter's a nice way to get your start of symptoms answered uh, maybe some banter on Sunday, prior to Sunday, on Saturday. Got you covered. Facebook, great way to get links to the pod as well. Facebook and Twitter, find me the same way. At the process TBSAE. At the process TBSAE. And if for some reason everything isn't covered and you feel the need to reach out to me, you can. The process at tigerbombsae.com. That's my email. Okay, guys, we've got the important stuff out of the way. Let's get on to week 10 with one of my favorite segments next so y'all know who's going to crush it.
and now it's time for the process to reload. All right, meow, you know what time it is. So let's get into it. We'll kick it off with the Thursday. Quick couple of seconds here. Miami with the upset. My Dolphins sends up with the upset at home over Baltimore. Um, I think this is more of a case of been a tough year in Baltimore. A lot of injuries and, you know, familiarity with the opponent now. Miami's seen them quite a few times, and they put it on them too. They motivated, you know, to win this game. Baltimore for their, uh, you know, role in everything. Secondary still has some issues, but the defense didn't play terribly. The offense just couldn't turn it on. That's the thing with Miami. They don't have bad players on paper. They just haven't been able to put it together. And so here's a game where they put it together. But if you look at it on paper, you're like, yeah, no, this is a tough team. Like, So it's just one of those weird scenarios where maybe they can ride some momentum now. Talking about Miami. But for Baltimore, they're going to have to tighten their belts if they want the division. Um, these other teams are breathing down their backs. The schedule's not going to get easier than Miami. This is not a game you account for to lose, right? And so they'll have to right the ship. But pretty sure that uh, this team will do that, though. And they'll probably come out looking more like their usual selves, which means running Lamar a lot more next week. If that doesn't happen, he might be injured and he might not be telling us. Reload. On a Sunday, Atlanta at Dallas. Should be a fun one. I, I think for this part, Dallas is you know pretty decent against the run, but they do allow you to pass to the running back at a pretty average. I mean, it's not like outrageous or anything like Tampa Bay, but point being, Cordell Patterson's back there. And so he has a chance to be effective. Uh, along with Russell Gage, who's seen an uptick in targets. I was very unsold if anything would change with Atlanta without Ridley because he hadn't been playing anyway so I'm like why would something change but they did uh, go to gauge I think a little more Dallas is secondary while they will get turnovers they will also let you run up and down the field and so gauge looks to be in a good spot so does uh, the tight end as well for Atlanta this is going to be another game to where they're just still learning how to use uh, uh, the tight end uh, <clears throat> sorry I'm blanking for the name right now Pitts, Pitts. they're still learning how to use him uh moving him outside and when he gets out there he has to play better against corners but should be still a decent game for him engage along with matt ryan who's in this point in his season where he's playing effectively not much negative to say about him after some tough matchups that he came through with um even against tampa bay i think it's tough because yes there are past final defense but these are divisional games, and so there's a lot of familiarity there. And so that's, you know, owning them basically with statistics, right, even though they lost that game. So Atlanta should see some bright spots in the game that ultimately they lose, especially with Dallas being at home. Uh, I love to say, you know, Zeke's going to run wild. I don't necessarily see it, though, or, or rather I should say Pollard will have his say in the matter this week is what I'm thinking. They do give Gallup back. I'm interested in that, but Lamb. It should be Lamb. It's the better opportunity against this Atlanta defense. Atlanta's actually uh, not that bad against the run, and so I do think that, if anything, Dak is going to have to air it out a bit more, and then when they get up, then Pollard gets a little bit more rushes on the back end. So that's why I'm thinking Pollard is in play, but also at the same time, loving Dak, loving Lamb, uh, because those are the easier, softer spots of the matchup. Versus on the other side of the field with Cooper, he's the tougher matchup uh, defensively. And then also he's a little more banged up. But Dallas is going to win this game. Reload. Jacksonville to Indy. Jacksonville riding high after that big win off Buffalo. 
Indianapolis has been riding pretty high too. They've been playing at a high caliber of football. They're going to win this game. I don't think they're going to get a letdown right here. They're coming in. Um, we know who they are. They'll let you pass a little bit. That's pretty much it. They stop the run, and then Wentz is starting to be effective hitting pits. Uh, and then Taylor has taken on that bell cow role, right? That's been the key success for them. So the hammer, as we call it, right, with the running back and the defense, yada, yada. Uh, who's in play in this game? Actually, for the first time ever, I'm going to tell you some Jacksonville players. Uh, they're riding high off last week. They can win this game. It was a great win last week. They won that game more so because of deficiencies with Buffalo. This should be called out. When a team is basically trying to pass the ball 100% of the time for effective plays, then you can scheme that because you don't have to worry about the other thing. That's a little bit of what happened, and it got so out of hand that even Jacksonville was able to take advantage of it. Now, Buffalo will fix that. I don't think we see something like that moving forward. But for Jacksonville's part, they come back down to earth this week. Indianapolis can give it up in the air. I think Trevor Lawrence does have a decent chance to sling it around a little bit. Hit Agnew is what I'm assuming, as well as Arnold is tight end. Those are the two guys that I'm most thinking about uh, in some garbage time because Indy goes up. I think Taylor can be effective. Uh, I also think that Pitts will see targets and he will catch them. Uh, those are the things that I'm looking at from the Indy side of thing, and then the defense shutting down the run. I feel very sure that they'll be able to do that for Jacksonville, so I'm not worried about whether Robinson or Hyde's back there. For a game that Indy should win, probably even get some turnovers on defense. Reload. Cleveland going to New England. Cleveland going to be without Chubb, going to be without Hunt, going to be without a lot of people. Uh, they're going to be without Felton. Uh, Ernest Johnson going to get most of the touches. Um there's something there, but ultimately New England's not uh, like New England. I they know that Cleveland wants to run the ball. New England's going to sell out to stop the run, I think, and force Baker Mayfield to beat them. That seems like the easier thing to have happen, and so I do foresee New England um, going that route. So I don't have a lot of uh, high upside to say about the Cleveland run game. This is a game I don't think they're going to win, uh, and I don't think they'll be effective running the ball. Baker is going to be trying to pass to keep them in the game. I think they're going to be playing from behind. Um, he should be able to garner some passes, I guess, here and there. But I just don't know consistently if it's going to be Landry or Donovan Peoples-Jones, uh, who's been a little banged up. But what I can say on the other side of the ball is New England banged up at running back as well. A lot of guys concussed, uh, some guys missing time. This may be a Brandon Bolden show. Um, we don't know who's going to play yet, so you've got to watch this one. But I have interest in Bolden if he's going to go because he's a pass-catching back. Cleveland is not bad against the run, but they will let you throw some passes to the running back. And so Bolden in play, uh, provided he can get that time. J.J. Taylor, I think I heard, caught some passes too. So that's why I don't know if you got to go overboard fitting this person in. Uh, in terms of bowling, even if we know that Ramon Stevenson is not going to play as well as Damian Harris, because it's New England, so who knows what they do, right? So don't get too married to it, but you can invest if you want, because the climate's right. There's a pass rush, too, so Mac Jones is going to be getting rid of it. Hunter Henry should be fine. Uh, you know, some one of those receivers, two of those receivers, somebody's going to be able to score a touchdown. I'm just not sure who. I don't think we need to get invested. There's other things we can go to first, but 
New England should be effective uh, with their game plan. They should win this game. I think defense is in a good spot. They'll get some turnovers and win. Reload. Buffalo going to the Jets. Look, it's going to be uh, a tough afternoon for the Jets. I think Mike White's going to play. And so, you know, he looked great last week. But there's a different defense. The Colts will give it up in the air. Uh, Buffalo, not so much. So I'm thinking it's going to be a tougher day for him. Carter's going to have to catch some passes, so that's his upside because I don't think running's his upside. Buffalo's good against the run. But it's going to be a tough day for the Jets. The Buffalo defense is in play. Josh Allen, like I said, um, the problem with him lately has been that they just pass too much, and so they need to get run balance so that teams have to play that a little more. That'll help him, and that's how you do it. And so – they want to get run balance against a very bad run defense this week. So it's a perfect week to do it. However, for Brian Dabble and company, probably not going to have Moss. And so the way we're going to play this for DFS purposes and for seasonal purposes, it's like if Moss sits, I really think Singletary, um, I know everybody's going to be on him. But you got to think you got to think about Brita, especially for DFS purposes. We need to be different, right? Uh, obviously, for seasonal, go with you know, Singletary. But... If Moss were to play, I'm interested in Singletary. If Moss doesn't play, I'm interested in Breida. I want to be the off back because it's two backs. I don't think that they'll just rely on one in a bell cow scenario. But I do know that this Jets defense is weak against the run and that Buffalo has pressure to establish the run to take the pressure off of Allen because they're just blitzing him like crazy knowing full well that that team doesn't have a run. So... Buffalo wins. That's how I see the run game spelling out. Reload. Detroit going to Pittsburgh. Look, this Pittsburgh defense, they're going to hit. Jared Goff is going to be in trouble back there. They're going to hit the quarterback so hard his girlfriend's going to die. He's in trouble. Uh, that pass rush is real, and he gets fake when the pass rush gets real. So he's in trouble. He's going to have to try to get rid of it, hot potato it. Swift's in play because they throw passes to Swift. Um, he's the guy since Williams has been a little banged up. Those receivers for Detroit, you can't really trust many of them, and I don't think he'll have enough time to get it to them. I know folks are interested in Hawkinson. Don't think we need to go there. Don't think we need to go there, but you can take a stab if you want. He's obviously going to be in checkdown mode in terms of golf, so don't have a super big problem with it. But personally, in seasonal, I have no exposure to Hawkinson. In DFS, I'm not seeking it out. Okay, if you have it in seasonal, great. DFS, don't seek it out, I don't think. Pittsburgh sides, Najee Harris. They're just going to run the ball. That's what they've been doing. Take pressure off Ben. When they do pass, Deontay Johnson, right? Or Fryermuth. We know Fryermuth is going to be in play because Johnson actually has the harder route. The Detroit secondary actually hasn't been playing terribly. I know they got the bye on their side too a little bit, but haven't been playing terribly. The easier path to victory and the A dot that matches where Roethlisberger passes the ball is Fryerbooth, who's coming off a two-touchdown game over a tougher opponent. And so uh, we need to be cognizant of that. I think he's in play for sure, along with Najee Harris and that defense. That's how they win that game. Reload. New Orleans at Tennessee. So we get Kamara ruled out. Today's Friday. Kamara's ruled out today. So I did like Ingram for DFS tournament purposes. Like... Hoping he wouldn't be too high owned. He's obviously going to be way too high owned now, so I don't know about that. But 
if you have them for seasonal, obviously plug them in. It's a good play for seasonal purposes. Um, <clears throat> if you, so the thing about it though is New Orleans is much less viable now. Now you have Ingram, and I think we need to look at Dwayne Washington too because he's going to get some work. He's the second back. Ingram's never really been the bell cow. He's always, you know, the thunder to lightning. So we need that other piece, right? It's Dwayne Washington. That's the guy that none of you guys are talking about or thinking about. For DFS purposes, certainly can plug him in. Tennessee, tougher against the pass in the run. Uh, Simeon's passing the ball too. And so for New Orleans, I think it makes more sense to get the ball in the hands of these backs. I don't think Ingram has a huge opportunity to be so much better than Washington that I'm afraid of that play. So I'm going to let other people do that, and I want to get invested in Washington now that we know Kamara's out. Um, as far as Tennessee goes, I, you know A.J. Brown has been a dog, and it doesn't matter if they shadow him uh, or not. New Orleans, it doesn't matter. He's going to be, I, I think he can still produce and be consistent, and Tannehill will be able to find him. But that's pretty much it because Tannehill is not great against the rush. And so I want to take that in consideration too. Um, he has to get rid of the ball. I really like Julio, who's who always has a good game against New Orleans. Still got this questionable thing going on with the hamstrings. I'm falling less and less in love with it. I think if he suits up, you can trust him. He really wants to make a count against New Orleans. Um, but I, I got to say, I'm really annoyed and bothered by the questionable stuff today and you know, not playing through all the practice. It's just getting very old. I'm so glad from a seasonal approach that I sold him off for Michael Carter weeks ago. Uh, and people that I was getting fleeced. I actually worked out really well. So as far as this Sunday goes, Brown, right? What can Brown do? I'm not looking at the run game for Tennessee. You know, Adrian Peterson, any of those guys, McNichols, New Orleans is great against the run anyway. And those backups didn't do great last week anyway. So we don't even need to be thinking about that. If it happens, it's going to happen through the air. The one thing you say is A.J. Brown. I think the Tennessee defense is in play. They've been playing big boy football past couple of weeks. And for DFS, only 2,600, got to ride with it. Got to ride with it. We can fit in so many things. If we play it like that, and so I think there's nothing I can do about it except but to do it, and so I will. Um, not looking at too much else in this game, but I do think the Tennessee wins now that Kamara's out for sure in a game that I thought they were going to win anyway. Reload. Tampa Bay and Washington. So Tampa Bay is actually going to Washington for this one. We know Tampa's a run-funnel defense, and so Heineke... I think he's going to be more popular than he should be on DFS because of the price people want to pay down. Got to play Tom, though. Tom is very much in play because they just pass anyway. They're pass-first offense. They pass in the red zone. Like, you got to play him. Brown's going to sit, so we like Tyler Johnson. Tyler Johnson's going to get more opportunity, and we like Evans. Godwin's a little banged up, too, so definitely into Evans and Tyler Johnson, along with Brady. He just has to pass. Washington... Okay, against the run, so I'm not so much looking at Fournette. Doesn't mean he's a bad player or that he's a down part of his year. It's just not so great matchups recently. So we'll stay away from him. On the Washington side of things, McKissick, just like last year, catching all these passes. It's going to be the same thing. The out, he's the outlet guy, right? Gibson in the shin is still bothering him enough to where he's playing poorly. And Tampa Bay is pretty good against the run. So I'm not so much into that. I think Logan Thomas comes back. If he doesn't, sure, you could 
play checked out, man, Ricky Seals-Jones. I'm probably more interested in McLaurin because the pass funnel defense anyway. So I'd be looking at, if you're going to play Heineke, you go Heineke, McLaurin, McKissick together, all three. Reload. In a game, I'm sorry, in a game, obviously Tampa Bay wins. Obviously their defense is in a good play, et cetera, et cetera. Reload now. <laughs> or to Carolina and Arizona. Arizona trying to get healthy. Murray, you know, questionable. You know, Nuck, questionable. I think the thing we can lean on is Connor. Carolina, decent against the run, but it's more against, like, passes against the running back and stuff like that. As far as in between the tackles, middle, you know, between the guards and stuff, that's a little more susceptible. So that's Connor's thing. Connor gets all the goal line touches even when Edmonds is out. And so now that he's not out, I expect Connor to get all the goal line touches. Connor's in a good position, especially if Murray plays. All the more, if he doesn't play, great. Lean on Connor. If he does play, he's probably hobbled and banged up. So why not lean on the thing that you can do, right? And so it becomes a game of, I think Connor's the one in play, along with the Arizona defense. I do think the Arizona defense, uh, McCaffrey may be able to find some room on the ground, but certainly in the air, P.J. Walker, I mean, like, I'm not expecting much. You should play the Arizona defense at $3,700 on DFS and they're getting P.J. Walker. So, You've got to be invested there. We don't need to pick any of those ancillary players on Carolina because we don't know if PJ will be able to activate them. We haven't seen it. We don't guess. That's the process. We don't guess. We only play what we know after some statistical information to back it up. So I think that Carolina's in trouble in this game. Not going to win this game. Arizona's going to win this game. Probably can do it with defense and running the ball. So I'm not expecting this huge explosion through the passing game. Reload. Minnesota traveling out west to take on the Chargers. Dalvin Cook in some personal troubles, but they're gonna he's gonna play this week. And honestly, guys, the Chargers are run funnel defense. And my assessment is I think Minnesota's gonna run the brakes off this dude because he might be out anyway. I don't think right now I'd be worried about conserving him because it looks like he's probably gonna be out anyway for some period of a suspension because of conduct or whatever and so get what you can out of him in a plus matchup i think for him it's going to be incumbent of him to show the team that he's worth the hassle this week you know probably worried about whether they would cut bait with him all together a la kareem Hunt and the chiefs and so i think he shows out this week and i think he's the right defense to do it his price is steep that's why it's a tournament play but dalvin cook is definitely in play this week as far as um, the rest of the offense goes, is for the Chargers, getting one of those corners back, I think, but the secondary is still a little banged up. And so, tougher time for Jefferson this week to pay off from a DFS perspective, seasonal lock him in. But Thielen, from a DFS perspective, much more viable. Should be an easier matchup for him. I'm interested in Conklin as well. Uh, I'm also interested in, um, no, I think that's it for, for Minnesota for the most part. Now, if you go to the Chargers side of things, you know Minnesota. This secondary is going to be different without Patrick Peterson, who's playing well before uh, he got hurt, and he's out for the year now. And so, Keenan Allen in play again, just like he did last week, torched the Eagles. He's going to do it again this week. Also in play for the Chargers is Eckler. Probably not for DFS, too expensive, but for seasonal, load him up. He's going to catch some passes, which will offset his value. But additionally for the Chargers, you know, Cook at tight end. I'm not buying the whole, ooh, it's split tight ends. That's against Philly. Philly is so bad against the tight end that ultimately 
they just want to exploit that matchup last week, and so the Chargers used all their tight ends. But like, I don't twelve, you know, twelve formation or whatever. I don't think that means that it's always a share. So if you feel like you want to play Cook, you can. I think Conklin even is a better play in the same game, and there are more optimal plays this week. But fine with it if you want. That's what I think about the Chargers in a game that they will win. I, I just don't think that uh, Thielen's going to be able to pull together this one on the road. A lot of questions right now in Minnesota. I, it sounds like they're going to get to 3-6. and six. For Herbert's part, though, he should air it out, uh, and they'll win that one. Reload. Philly and Denver. What did I just say about going against Philly and using the tight ends? And so I think both Brandon Oak, okay, you know, I can't remember his huge long last name, as well as Fant, if he plays, they're fine. But I think they almost cancel each other out from a DFS perspective for seasonal. They're fine. Uh, but Teddy B and company going up against the Philadelphia Eagles defense. Listen, remember the secondary better against outside receivers. Not so great against receivers in the slot. Slot is usually where Judy plays. Judy looks back. He looks electric. I think this is a good game for him. And so we like him. And we specifically don't like Patrick and Sutton because they're on the outside. That's where the Eagles shine. Um, as far as the running backs go, yes, Philly can give it up on the ground a little bit. But more importantly, these backs can catch passes. And that's where Philly might be in a little trouble. It's just so hard to recommend one over the other because they share usage. From a DFS perspective, we don't want that. From a seasonal perspective, you can play either one. If you have them both, you can play both, actually. Uh, as far as this game goes, I Philadelphia's defense is going to play better than you guys think and keep them in this one. But they won't be able to run that much against Denver. And I think passing-wise, Devonta Smith is going to be a little vulnerable too. Not sure if his legs can carry this one to victory. Broncos win and keep rolling the 6-4 and four to keep this whole idea of a wild card alive up in Denver. Reload. Okay, Seattle at Green Bay. Green Bay should be getting Rodgers back, which I think activates Jones. Seattle, you know, decent, you know, for running back, you know, facing them. But as far as the guy who can catch the ball, I think that helps his case. Rodgers will check down to Jones in the way that Love wasn't. So he's back in play. I know people are thinking Dylan. I, I concede that, you know, Dylan could be more involved. But I'm just thinking that the upside from catching passes from Rodgers for Jones is now alive again. And so he has to be alive again because nobody's thinking about him. So we need to be thinking about him. Obviously, Devontae Adams is the only receiver we can trust uh, along with Rodgers, but he should be able to find him. I'm not interested in the rest of it. On the other side of things, Russ Wilson going to be back in this one. So Lockett, Metcalf, right? That run game, it's just so muddled. I don't think we need to get overly invested. I like Collins of the bunch, I guess, but there's so much going on there. Gerald Everett, not in a terrible spot, but really should all run through Russ. I want him as my cash game quarterback this week. I think he'll have a um, an itching to get back and to get his team back in a better positioning. As far as Green Bay goes, I think with the Rodgers and the COVID stuff, you know, a couple of injuries, they're, they're in a little bit of more of a disarray. I actually think Seattle can go on the road and get this victory. I think Russ Wilson leads the way. He connects with his receivers, and they make it happen. Reload. Okay, Kansas City and Vegas. This is the Sunday night game. This should be a fun one because Vegas finding a way to compete with Kansas City last year. Kansas City been worse this year than they were last year. And so 
people very high on Vegas, very high on Carr, his being activated. Tough last week against the Giants, but we're expecting a bounce back game this week. Uh, and so when you look at Carr, Waller is definitely in play against this Kansas City defense for sure. As far as the wide receivers go, like like we expected last week, all of the better opportunities flowed to Renfro because Zay Jones can't be trusted to air it out. I don't really care about Deshaun Jackson in the same way. And then Braylon Edwards is on the outside. He actually he can be um, he can be in play this week. I don't have a problem with that. But Renfro is easier to get the ball to in my assessment after watching this team for a bit this year. So both are in play though. Carr should be in play. Waller should be in play. If you have those guys in seasonal, start any of them. In DFS, I'm probably leaning, um, you know, more towards Carr to get exposure to all of it because I think we don't know how bad Kansas City is going to be. For the Kansas City side of things, Mahomes he's going to have uh, his hands full. The rush is there for Vegas this year. The number one in the league as far as that goes. So he's going to have to get it out of there to Kelsey, I believe. He's also going to have to um, get it to the running back. And so I like Williams again this week. I like Kelsey this week. You can never forget about Hill over the top. Uh, but obviously, well, not obviously. I'm going to say Mahomes will have to play as best as he had all year to win this game. And I just don't see it happening. Uh, I'm going to pick Carr and Company to take this one at home reload and it's our final shot so we'll make it a good one the rams going up against the niners niners gave it to the rams last year so the rams are coming in looking for a statement here stafford's obviously in play san francisco can't stop anybody in the secondary a little more stout on the ground so i'm a little more leery about how that might work for them so henderson seasonal or dfs rather we're going to lay off seasonal got to play it if you got him hopefully he gets the goal line touchdown work for you but as far as the Rams go, you know, Hig I think Higby's in play. He gets so many looks into the end zone. Probably less of all the targets this week, but obviously the Rams signed OBJ. We don't have to worry about him this week. But Woods and Cup, Cup mostly in a go spot right here. Stafford in a go spot right here. Uh, as far as on the other side of the ball goes, Garoppolo, been a world beater lately, playing better. Obviously, this divisional matchup. They've been playing the Rams better lately, and so Ayuk, I think, is in play here, but ultimately it's a tough matchup. You could do it if you want. I'd probably stay away, though, uh, against this Rams defense. Better way to exploit them is try to figure it out on the ground, and we know San Francisco is the unique uh, epitome of a power run, run game on the ground through Shanahan, and so that's where the opportunity lies. So you got to work with Mitchell and feel good about that from a seasonal perspective. From DFS, I don't think you need it. You know, you can go for Kittle. Kittle kills these guys. You can go for Kittle. That's going to be their leading receiver, I think. And then, you know, maybe Ayuk lines up after that. But ultimately, I think the good luck of beating the 49ers, uh, or I'm sorry, beating the Rams stops for the 49ers, even though they're at home this Monday. I do think the Rams show up led by Stafford. And uh, they win that one. Maybe their defense can seal the deal. But I do expect points from both sides. So, guys, that's the slate for this week. I hope that gives you guys a, a picture of what I think is going to happen. It helps you guys assess how you might stack it up for DFS or seasonal. Let's play a round of Would You Rather. 
And it's time for a little Would You Rather for this week. Let's go over which plays I would rather play if given the opportunity and see where we land. Help you guys make some decisions for week 10. All right, here we go. The Ernest Johnson or Brandon Ayuk discern the Ernest Johnson. I don't know why I keep saying dis-Ernest. It's the Ernest Johnson. Tyler Johnson or Pat Fryermuth. I'm going to go with Muth, but Johnson is in a good place now that we know Brown's going to sit. Brandon Ayuk or Antonio Gibson. Let me get Ayuk. Gibson just so banged up. Jarvis Landry or Elijah Mitchell. I'll take Mitchell. Cordell Patterson or DK Metcalf. It's a tough one. I'm going to say. I, I, I'm going to say Metcalf because he could blow. He has a higher like ceiling. Uh, but the lower floor also, if that makes sense. So he could score the least points of the two. And he could score the higher points of the two. The more consistent play of the two is probably Patterson because he's going to have like a consistent day as a part of their offense. I hope that makes sense. I know that's weird. DJ Moore, the Ernest Johnson, the Ernest. Corey Davis or TJ Hawkinson, Hawkinson. Marvin Jones Jr. or Kenyon Drake. I'm going to go Marvin Jones Jr. Mike Williams or Michael Carter, Michael Carter. Cole Beasley or Dawson Knox. Mm. This weekend, we're going to take Cole Beasley just because Dawson Knox just come back from the broken hand. I need to see it before I believe it. Let's go with Cole Beasley, guy we know gets targets. Mark Ingram or Tim Patrick. Got to go Mark Ingram. Getting all the work now. Uh, along with Dwayne Washington, don't forget. Adam Thielen or Daryl Williams. I, Williams is in a good spot, but so is Thielen. I'm going with Williams. Hunter Renfro or Elijah Mitchell. Mitchell. Mark Ingram or Hilton. Ingram. Adam Thielen or Melvin Gordon. Thielen. Schultz, Dalton Schultz or Antonio Gibson, I will take Schultz. Brandon Bolden or Logan Thomas, Brandon Bolden, depending on all those injuries on New England. I think he's going to have a primary role. Donovan Peoples-Jones or Elijah Mitchell, I'll take Mitchell. Zach Ertz or A.J. Dillon, I'll take Dillon this week. Adrian Peterson or Cole Beasley, Beasley this week. Tyler Lockett or Daryl Williams, I will take Man, higher upside is Lockett for sure, but I'm going to say Daryl. Dalton Schultz or Jerry Judy? Judy. Mark Ingram or Terry McLaurin? Oh, this is such a tough one. Look, it's a tough one. I'll say Terry. Cortland Sutton or Elijah Mitchell? Mitchell. Sutton's going to have a hard time on the outside against Philly. Robert Woods or Josh Jacobs? Josh Jacobs. DeAndre Hopkins or Pat Fryermuth? I'm going to say Friar Moose because I don't know if Hopkins is going to play. And if he plays, he hasn't been the focal point. And as a banged up dude, I don't know why they would make him the focal point especially. So I'm going to go ahead and say Friar Moose. Jacoby Myers or Javante Williams? You know, I'm going to say Myers. Davin Singletary or Rashad Bateman? Uh, based on what Bateman did, I'm going to say Singletary. Terry McLaurin or Ernest Johnson? It's a tough one. I'm going to go with Terry. Terry McLaurin or Antonio Gibson? Terry. Jamal Agnew or Pat Fryermuth? I'm going to go with Agnew on that one. Dallas Goddard or DeErnest Johnson? Let me get DeErnest. Brandon Ayuk or Elijah Mitchell? Elijah Mitchell. Jordan Howard or Pat Fryermuth? You could go Howard. Um, Keenan Allen or Mike Jacecki? Based on what Jacecki did on Thursday, Keenan Allen. 
Melvin Gordon or Mike Williams, Melvin Gordon. Alex Collins or Michael Gallup. Ooh, that's a tough one. I'll say Collins. Emmanuel Sanders or Kenyon Drake. Sanders. Woods or DeAndre Robert Woods or DeAndre Swift. Swift. And then finally, Tony Pollard or Pat Fryermuth. I'll say Pollard. Guys, that's a little bit of who you would rather for this week, for week 10. I hope that helps you guys make decisions with regards to who you would rather. And now time for the part of the show where the process goes over our DFS fantasy football picks for the week. We'll go over cash game plays, tournament or GPP plays, and sometimes talk about stacks that you can use to leverage your wins for the week. All right, it's that time of show where we go over our DFS fantasy picks for this week. Oh, sorry, as I knocked the microphone around a little bit. I'm so sorry, guys. I hate doing that. But anyways, we're going to keep it going. Been nailing it to the wall. Why stop now? So I've got it pretty straightforward for you guys this week. Cash game quarterbacks. We've got three ways you can go. And I'm admittedly paying for this top guy. That's Russell Wilson. $6,700 coming back from injury. I want a piece of it. Matt Ryan, 6K. He's been on a roll lately. Let's ride it. Taylor Heineke. He's got the... Uh, Easy matchup against the pass funnel Tampa Bay defense, and he should have to play, um, you know, garbage time football, if you will. So $5,400 should be fairly easy to pay off. Those are my cash game quarterbacks, admittedly probably going with Wilson. Tournaments or GPPs at the top, terrific time, $7,600. Herbert, $7,300. Prescott, $6,900. And then Trevor Lawrence, $5,300. Probably going to be the first and only time I recommend this dude. But uh, going against that indie defense that just gives it up through the air, he's going to be down big. He's going to have to do it. If you want to get exposure to that, there's a way we can do it and unlock a massively impressive lineup because we pay down. Running backs for the cash game. I've, I've got five guys for you at the top. Najee Harris, $7,900. Uh, you know, Detroit's been terrible against the run. Pittsburgh wants to run, take pressure off Ben, like I said, the last segment. So, or two segments ago uh, in reload. So, you know, Najee Harris in a great spot. Aaron Jones also discussed earlier in the show how it makes sense for him catching those check downs and the run work too. So, $6,900. We can stomach that. Connor, James Connor, $6,300 in play. JD McKissick at $5,200 getting those catch down passes. That is in play for sure. Also, Naheem Hines, fifty three or I'm sorry, $5,000. Because I expect the Colts to go up in the same way that I expect Lawrence, right, to have to pass, to do something. It's because I expect the Colts to be up. And so if they're up, they probably pull Taylor and then Hines is playing. So you may think about a Lawrence lineup where you bring it, you know, where you, you know, pair him with Agnew and bring it back with Hines. And then you have a lot of room to do some other weird stuff. As far as tournaments go for running backs, a uh, couple of selections here for you at the top. James or at the top, uh, Jonathan Taylor, eighty-one hundred dollars. It, it, you know, I won't have a lot of exposure to it because he's so expensive. Um, but he is in a good spot. Dalvin Cook, eight thousand. I'll fit him in. I told you guys earlier. I think they're going to use him, considering he might have some extended time off, and I'm sure he wants to look impressive. And so at eight K, I'm interested. 
From there, we'll dip down to Swift at $6,800, Pollard at $4,600. If Dallas gets up like I'm expecting, he gets a little bit more run in the end. Ingram at $4,500, and I had that before the Kamara news. I'll stick to it, but I just feel like it's going to be so popular. And his upside versus popularity is questionable. Okay. Um, Brandon, just a you know, full candor. Brandon Bolden, though, $4,400. Interested there so long as the other running backs on New England are sitting. So DeAndre Stevenson and Damian Harris. One of them plays, probably out on Bolden, and we can revisit that. Other things I want you guys to consider for running backs, though, you're going to have to pay attention to this up until the last minute. If uh, Zach Moss sits for the Bills, then, you know, for cash games, I don't want to play, uh, you know, if, if Moss plays, I want to play Singletary. Okay, at $4,700, even in cash, because he was, I still think he would get the lion's share of the work if Moss plays. Now, if Moss doesn't play, I want to get off Singletary. He's going to be too popular. Okay, so then we want to go to Matt Breida at 4K if Moss does not play. Now, you want to watch this, make sure Breida is active. It could be somebody else, but whoever that second guy is, we want to have interest, and he'll be cheap so long as Moss. Uh, does not play. If Moss does play, play Singletary. Then Dwayne Washington also, as I mentioned earlier in the show, from New Orleans, taking that off work from Ingram. I feel much better about that at 4K than Ingram at 4,500. I just think it'd be a lot less popular and we can get comparative results, I would assume. Okay, over to the wide receiver. So for cash games, A.J. Brown. I, th- I, I really do believe that... Russ is going to be focused on getting his guy the ball. $7,800. CeeDee Lamb, $7,000. He's got the better of the matchup of the two against Atlanta. It's a soft, soft matchup. Uh, The run game, run defense is fairly stout for Atlanta. I just think that Lamb will have his opportunities to shine, considering how many touches he gets a game. Mike Evans at $6,900. I just love it so much. You know, as I mentioned earlier, especially with Godwin banged up and Brown out, him and Tyler Johnson are looking good to me. Uh, Tyler Lockett at $6,500. I think also you could lock it in because, uh, again, against Green Bay, I don't see the pass game, or I'm sorry, the run game as being the way that they, you know, move the ball or score their points in terms of Seattle. I think it's going to be through the air, and I think Russ will activate one or both of those guys. Jerry Judy at $5,300, too much value in the slot against Philly. That's where they're terrible. They're great on the outside, but bad against the slot at $5,300. We have to play him. He looked great last week. Good chemistry with him and uh, Teddy B. Very interested. And then Gage at 5K, based off his uptick in usage. Very much interested there. Also have to mention Tyler Johnson at $3,300 too. Now that we know Antonio Brown's going to sit. Tournament-wise for wide receivers, the top, Devontae Adams, $7,900. We're paying down in so many spaces that we could afford him. McLaurin, $7,600, presumably with Heineke or Heineke, right? Uh, Keenan Allen at $7K. It's a tournament play this week. It was cash game last week. It's got to be a tournament play this week, though. Uh, DJ Metcalf, $6,800. Um, you know, this guy, you know, he's a tournament play where Lockett's the more cash game play. I feel a little more sure about Lockett. But Metcalf's got the higher upside, so that's why you would play him in a tournament. Thielen at $6,700. I'm going to try to fit that in everywhere. He catches touchdowns. I think the matchup is good for him. It's pretty straightforward. Michael Pittman Jr., $6,300. Very interested. Very interested right there. He's been able to connect with the wins over the course of the year. Multiple touchdowns in one game. 
the price is very friendly for us. He makes a lot of stuff work that, I, that, that I'm very interested in. Uh, Julio Jones at $5,400 going up against the Saints. I wanted this so bad. I'm falling less in love with it now that he's questionable with the hamstring thing or whatever. But maybe that pulls people off of him. And so we should stay on it maybe. I'll have some exposure. But finally, I'll go with Agnew, $4,500 at the bottom. You, you know, play him as a one-up, but you can also play him, you know, pair him with Trevor Lawrence, who's been looking for him. He's getting the uh, targets his way every game, and so I don't see that changing. Tight end-wise, look, I, this is a little more straightforward approach. These three guys right here, you could play, and I don't have a problem with it. For, what you know, for tournaments or whatever you want to do, I don't care. Kyle Pitts, $5,800. Tyler Conklin, $3,400. Joe Everett, $2,600. And I understand the allure to Everett being $2,600. He is the target. He's the tight end, period, uh, in Seattle. But if at all possible, we're going to keep our tight end picks on that morning afternoon slate to these two. Friar Muth at $3,900. Darnold at $3,500. Or, I'm sorry, Dan Arnold. Arnold should be more of the tournament play, $3,500. Frymouth could be more of the cash game play at $3,900. But I want to stick to those two, but not going to talk you out at Pitts, Conklin, or Everett. Defensive-wise, I've got some tiers for you. Pay up, Pittsburgh versus Detroit, $4,100. Or Buffalo at the Jets, $4K. More interested in Buffalo. But as I did say, uh, as far as Pittsburgh goes, they're going to hit the quarterback so hard his girlfriend dies. Watch out whoever's dating Jared Goff. Uh, mid-range. Cardinals versus Panthers, $3,700. Very interested there. Uh, New England versus the Browns. You know, they score points, $3,400. I'm interested. And then Bucks versus Washington, $3,500. All solid plays. But the allure has to be with Tennessee uh, versus New Orleans at home. $2,600. The Tennessee defense has been playing well, been scoring points. We just found out Kamara's out. They got Trevor Simeon throwing the ball. Too much for me to ignore. I think I might lock them in across the board at $2,600 and pay up everywhere else. Guys, those are the DFS picks for this week. I sincerely hope that they are as good as the week's past picks have been. Hopefully, this helps you guys seasonal dfs either way good luck on sunday and we will meet back here hash it out next week and continue our victory walk peace the process is brought to you by tiger bomb sports audio entertainment